praise you. Can we do that right now? Let's sing yes. praise to the praise. Most High God.
rejoice for the victory is ours oh sing you heavenly choir come on church lift your voices higher look what our god has done rejoice jesus you're the
nine prisons that we couldn't escape but he came and he died and he rose those walls will rumble now remember those giants we called death and grave they were like mountains that just stood in our way but he came and he died and he rose those giants are dead now This is our God, this is what He does, He saves us. He bore the cross, beat the grave, let heaven and earth proclaim. This is our God, King Jesus. Remember that fear that took our breath away. So weak that we could barely pray, but he heard every word, every whisper. Now those altars in the wilderness tell the story of his faithfulness. Never once did he fail. continues to do that for us in this day as we journey. 
He loves us that much. Thank you for being here today. To our guest, we take just a moment to especially welcome you. Thank you for coming to share and worship today here at Church on the Hill. Those that have joined us online and KTHS Radio, we welcome you also. Thank you for making this a part of your service. Hope you've had great holidays. Didn't eat too much. <laughs> oh, me, and the diets that start this week, amazing. I'm going to wait, though. Matter of fact, I don't know when I ever want to go back on one. I've been thinking about a seafood diet, Mark. If I see it, I eat it, yeah. If you see it, it it's got to be good. It's got to taste good. Well, I'm glad today to be looking in the face of giant slayers. I believe we're putting on the heap giants that we're slaying that we no longer need those obstructions in our lives. That we do have victory. Today's a unique one. If it doesn't affect you directly, I will promise you there are those that you're doing life with that do deal with this difficulty. That's the giant of rejection. I want to share with you just a few observations this morning, and I want you to formulate in your mind what, what you see that is common, the common connection in these situations. The teenager who gives in to peer pressure to try sex even though they know better. Or the workaholic who's still reacting to his father's statement, you'll never amount to anything. The wife who continues to give in to the absurd demands of an abusive husband. The man who never speaks what's really on his mind. Or the person whose schedule is so overbooked because they can't seem to say no to any request. Or the wishy-washy person who never stands up for anything. Or the Christian who's never spoken of their faith to people in their workplace, though they have been there for over a year. Have you concluded what they all have in common? I think we would have to say the answer is they are all driven by a deep fear of rejection. Because we live in a society that produces what I really want to call approval addicts. Approval addicts. People that are always concerned of what do other people think? What would so-and-so think? And the ultimate question seems to be, 
what will other people think of me? And according to how I interpret the Bible, that's a trap. And Proverbs 29, 25 deals with it. The fear of man will prove to be a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord is kept safe. He's saying to be careful that you don't fall into that trap. And in order to do so, we would have to try to figure out how, how, how do we develop this fear of rejection? And one of the first things is, is you must conclude that not everybody in life likes you. And this may be news to some, but it's the truth. It's not necessary that everyone like you. You can get rejection from all directions. Some shouldn't surprise us, and others takes us off guard. Because rejection comes from marriage, from family, from parents, from school, from work, from former friends, from disappointments, from criticisms. All of that is around us. Excuse me. As a matter of fact, it's something we have to deal with sometimes. So how do you overcome that fear of rejection? And really, what is it? What? First of all, I want us to consider what the fear of rejection does to us. What it does to people. One of the things it does is it allows others to manipulate us. It's all around us. <laughs> Just watch the TV and look at the different ads. If you don't buy this product, you're absolutely stupid. <laughs> well, go ahead and read it. It's right across my forehead. I don't want it. I'm not buying it, and I don't care if you think I'm stupid. If I don't need it, I don't need it. Or you'd be a fool not to take advantage of this sale. <laughs> Interesting time to preach that after Black Friday. <laughs> or you're walking through a business. Somebody holds out a toothpick with a little parcel of food on it. Food's there. You take a bite. You don't like it, but you buy it anyway. Why? Well, you didn't want to hurt the feelings of the person who offered it to you. You'd just been manipulated. Am I telling the truth? It happens. Another thing it does, it causes us to conform to peer pressure. You know, we tend to walk like other people. <clears throat> we try to talk like other people. We try to act like other people. We try to dress like other people. Why? We don't want to be rejected. 
We have to to be accepted. We conform to pressure because of this fear of rejection. Sometimes that's such a waste of time. Another thing it does, it keeps us from, spe- keeps us from speaking the truth. People often won't tell it like it is for fear that others won't accept them. So they just don't speak truth. Another thing, it prevents us from giving and receiving love. You know, past hurts can prevent future relationships. You know, it's kind of like the old adage, I got burned on a stove one time, I'll never touch a stove again. Some people have a difficult relationship, and they say, you know, I got burned in a marriage, and I'm never going to marry again. How sad. How sad. Another thing, it causes shyness and loneliness. You know, if you've been the victim of rejection, you, you end up building walls around your life instead of building bridges to other people. It's a lonely place to live. Another thing, it produces depression and unhappiness. In Psalms, David wrote, and he said, I'm in despair. I'm bummed out. Insults and rejections have broken my heart. That's a pretty sad place to be. And sadly, probably this is the worst of all the things that I've shared this morning is it silences our sharing about Jesus. John 12, 43, 44, many believed in Jesus, but they would not admit it for fear of the Pharisees. They were more concerned to have the approval of men than the approval of God. What did they do? They kept quiet, and they never talked about their personal faith. So how how to overcome this fear of rejection? How do we help people overcome the fear of rejection? Today I want to take just a few minutes and deal with the how-tos of slaying this giant. You have to get a new perspective on some important areas in life. A proper understanding about God and about ourselves and about other people. And knowing this will help us in the living our lives victorious. It'll help us help our kids resist and overcome peer pressure. Sometimes I see some of that peer pressure stuff going on and I just, my blood boils. That's nothing but manipulation, and manipulation is of the devil. How do we get to the right place? Number one, you have to put God in first place. Now, the how-to is I'm going to tell you how-to. I'm not going to make anybody do anything, but it's going to tell you how you can. Put God in first place. Psalm 27, 1. The Lord is my light and my salvation. I will fear no one. You ought to feel like a giant slayer. 
You don't have to fear anyone. We know that God is described in the verse as light and salvation. So let's break that down just a little bit. What does light do? It illuminates, right? It protects. It energizes. Light illuminates. Most people are more afraid when it's dark than when it's light. I'm more afraid when it's dark than when it's light. You never know what could be lurking in them shadows. I got this all the way back from my granny butler. So I come by it legitimate. So I try to carry a little light with me. That's one of the great things about cell phones. It's got light. At least I can see what's going to get me. <laughs> the truth of the matter is, and I think this be true, it's, it's the dark that the devil prowls in the most. It's the dark when you deceive and hide things. That's darkness. David said, when, when I'm confused and afraid, God lights my way. So I, I have a light that will illuminate. When I'm confused about something, when I'm afraid of something, God will light my way. I can trust that. Secondly, light protects. It provides security. Have you ever walked on someone's property and the moment you walked on it, there was a sensor that turned some lights on and just about scared you to death when lights come on everywhere? Well, light is kind of a source of security. The reason is, is it pushes the darkness back. So there's a protection there that light brings. Light also energizes. It brightens your day. <clears throat> you ever remember a cloudy day when your mood was a bit humdrum? Like Friday? <laughs> and the sun broke through and changed your attitude? You think, wow, I thought this was a bad kind of day, but this is pretty, it's a nice day. It's wonderful. What made the difference? When the sun came through the clouds, it energized you. And that's amazing how it's able to do that in our lives. David is saying, my relationship with God has these same three effects. He illuminates my life. He protects my life. He energizes my life. And since I realize that, I don't have to be afraid. As a matter of fact, I'm not going to be afraid. I'm not going to allow the enemy to hunker me down and make me feel bad. Remember that song by Debbie Boone? <clears throat> Some of you are old enough to remember, I think. You, you, know, you light up my life. 
And the Stevie Wonder one, you know, you're the sunshine of my life. Two great songs. They still, they sing them today. The problem is that both of these songs relate to other people being the light of your life. The fact of the matter is, when people are the light of your life, guess what's going to happen? They're not always the most reliable. Sometimes they burn out. Sometimes they die out. Sometimes they're just absent. All of these things are real. You know, I'm reminded of the lady who married a guy. After 30 years of marriage, he died. So she went and put on his tombstone, the light of my life has gone out. Three years later, she met a new guy, and she married again. So she went back to the tombstone and she changed it. Said, I've struck a new match. (laughs) (laughs) Those things happen. That's reality. That's life. But David said, God is my light. He protects me. He energizes me. Others can can bring a lot of fulfillment in your life. I'm not negating that, but I am saying, let God be the light. Let him protect. Let him energize. You see, David knew that no matter what happened, God would always love him. God would never leave him. God would never forsake him. Here's the truth that we need to hold on to today. It doesn't matter if somebody rejects you. God won't. God will always love you. He will always accept you and hold on to you. Often our fear of rejection is based on things that get us kind of sidetracked. Because the truth of the matter is, we all need to be loved, and at times we need massive doses of love to be a healthy individual. That's true. But God says, I want to love you. You ever wondered why? Because God is love. But when you expect another person, for instance, to meet all of your needs for love, you're probably asking for trouble. The reason why is when they get upset with you, they might not love you quite as much. You see, to get people's approval and love, often we change our perspective and we change our behavior just to please them. That's not God's will. There's no human being alive who can love you as completely and as fully as you need to be loved. So what do you do? You bet. You put God in first place. Does God use other people? You you can believe he does. Absolutely. 
Does God want you to love others? Yes. You see, you will never have all your needs met by any person or people group. They just don't know how to love you that much. Human love is actually very limited. But God's love is unlimited and unconditional. We know that overcoming the fear of rejection, we declare, Lord, you are my light and my salvation. I don't need to look to anyone else to brighten my day, for you are my strength. We can stand on that. Psalms 119.39 says, Save me from the insults I fear. I want to obey your commands. Show me how much you love me, Lord. Then I can answer those who insult me. See, David is being rejected and said, Lord, I need to be saved, not, not just into heaven, but I need to be saved from the insults that, that bring fear in my life. I need to be saved from what worries me. And that's, that's also what other people think. I need to be saved from these things. I need to be settled in my heart. I want to obey your command. So here's what Scripture does. <clears throat> God, show me how much you love me. You see, there's no fear in love, and perfect love casts out all fear. So if God loves me and he's number one, I can handle all the other rejections then. Okay? 2 Timothy 2.5, for yourself, concentrate on winning God's approval. That means <clears throat> you can't please everybody. Everybody's possibly going to argue with you at some time. And at other times, they're simply not going to agree with you, though you're very sincere. But if I please God and always seek His face and do the right thing, then I'm going to be a satisfied person and I'm not going to be intimidated by fear. Refuse it. So, you got to put God in his place. The second thing is put people in their place. Oh, son said, boy, that's right down my alley. Now you're getting it, preacher. Some people's life profession is to put people in their place. Let me explain. Don't just take that and run with it, okay? I'm not talking about putting their opinions in the right place. But we need the right perspective. Isaiah 51, 12 brings us that. The Lord says, I'm the one who strengthens you. Why then should you fear the mortal man who is no more enduring than the grass? Now, what's he saying there? <laughs> well, basically, he's saying everybody's temporary. We are. So why would you allow yourself to be afraid of other people's opinions. Someone said that the secret to success is to outlast your critics and just keep going. <laughs> if a mortal man puts you down, don't worry about it. 
Don't assume that when other people make judgments or criticisms of your life, don't think they're infallible. Most likely they're not. They're going to make mistakes too. So if someone comes up and criticizes you, you don't have to automatically accept it. Here's a real secret of living life successfully. You are to judge it for what it's worth. If it's not worth a flip, then don't pay any attention to it. If there's some truth there, consider it and apply it as you see best. When people's approval becomes all important to you, you're setting yourself up to be afraid. To some people, all that matters is popularity. All that matters is getting applause. And they'll do almost anything for it. Someone says to them, I think you're a loser. Do you know some folks say, I guess I'm a loser. They said, I'm a loser. Somebody tells me I'm a loser, I'm going to say, that's your opinion. Go ahead with it. But I don't agree with you. You see, nobody wants to live that way. God never intended for any of us to live that way. That's the beauty of it. So why do we listen to people like that that have all negative? Galatians 1.10 says, Am I now trying to win the approval of men or of God? If I were, to still, were still trying to please men, I would not be a servant of Christ. What, what did Paul say? He was saying, I have chosen to please one person, and that one person is Almighty God. That's who I'm interested in pleasing. And here's the good news today. You must make a choice. You make that choice. The number one fear nationally, they tell us, I read this, is speaking in front of other people. So I'm right now doing what they say is the number one fear of people. Speak in front of other people. Well, Pastor, you're just a natural. No. <laughs> I remember when I couldn't say anything in front of a class. And I remember a few times I said something and I shouldn't have. <laughs> yeah, you had one of those kind of teachers too, didn't you? <laughs> Did you ever wonder why that would be the number one fear? Because of the fear of rejection. Yeah. There's one book on the subject that said you can get rid of all your fear of speaking to a crowd of people if you just imagine that everyone's in their underwear. Said that takes all your fear away. I promise you I've never done that and I don't intend to. <laughs> and somebody said, thank the Lord. <laughs> I mean, there's some ridiculous ideas that people come up with. And did you ever just want to say, what kind of stupid is that? And you're supposed to be intelligent? I'm getting off subject, huh? Let me get back to the Bible. Paul writes in Romans 8, 31, 
If God is for us, who can be against us? You see, if we can recognize how much God is for us, it gives us the ability to withstand tremendous rejection. I don't think we'll ever get to the place where you don't care about what other people think. I think it will always be there. But we can marginalize it. I do think we can point to a point in our lives when, when we're not directed by other people's opinions. We can get to that point. You may always be affected, but you don't have to be directed. Okay? What does God want from us? The Scripture says, if God is for us, who can be against us? You see, the truth is, I don't need the approval of others to feel good about myself. I need the approval of God. And I've got to be honest with you, there's some Sundays that I have spoken and I have left. I said, God, did it get beyond the front of the stage? It gently reminds me. It's not for the approval of man. Were you faithful to share my word? Did you share the truth of the word? I want his approval always. Number three. Got God in his place. Got others in their place. Now I've got to be sure to put myself in the proper place. Okay. Most of the time, we don't realize how unique and valuable we really are. The reason that individuals are so susceptible to fear, the fear of rejection, is oftentimes that we allow ourselves to be full of self-doubt. That's why when we're criticized by another person, it, it hurts. And sometimes it hurts really deep inside. Also, we need to understand that the effect of sin is insecurity, okay? Because the more we sin, the more insecure we become. In other words, if someone ignores you, for instance, at a party or, or you know, you get to think, well, they must not like me. Did you ever consider that maybe they didn't see you? I read a story where a woman was standing at a bus stop. A lady from her church walked up, said nothing to her. She thought, well, she must be mad at me. She was upset with her, and she, did, she decided she'd just be upset with her and not like her. I just don't like her either. After about... 45 minutes of both of them being on the bus, the second woman looked over and said, oh, I'm so sorry. I didn't see you. I didn't see you here. She began talking and telling the other lady, about her pain. She'd just come from the doctor and learned that her son had leukemia. She was so consumed and wrapped up in her own pain that she hadn't even noticed somebody around her. You see, when we look at life through the eyes of fear, we, we often don't see other people in their pain. 
We only see our fear, our pain. Think about all the opportunities that we've missed to minister to other people because all we see is ourselves. What's the antidote to that? You know, Scripture just happens to have one. It's amazing to me how the Scripture has so many answers to the challenges of life. Psalms 8 and 5. You, God, made man in fear only to yourself. You crowned him with glory and honor. You see, we conclude that we were created by God. God doesn't make junk, so he has made a good thing in you. Vision 1 4 said, Through what Christ did for us, he decided to make us holy in his eyes without a single fault. We stand before God covered with his love. That means that we're acceptable to God because of what Jesus did on the cross. He paid for our sins, he gave us the privilege to be spotless, and he accepted us. With open arms through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 10 18, it is not self condemnation that matters, it is winning the approval of God. So it doesn't matter what I say about myself or what other people say about me, what counts is what does God say about me? Psalm 27. Carol, if you all would come, please. 2710, even if my mother and father forsake me, the Lord will receive me. That begs the observation that some people are still trying to win the approval of their parents. They didn't get it when they were younger, and they didn't feel accepted or secure by their parents' love. I want to tell you a sad truth. If you've grown up now and you still don't have or feel the approval of your parents, you probably won't. The reality is you don't need it to be happy. The Scripture says even if our Mother or father forsake me, the Lord will receive me. You know, that's really what it's all about. You put God first in your life, in first place. You put people in their place, and you put yourself in the proper place, which is the arms of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, as they come to sing, and we're going to worship if you've not put God in the right place or people in their place or yourself in the proper place, you know, there's no greater time or better opportunity than right now to say, I want to make my peace with God. I want to receive Christ. Or if you have special needs of any kind, I'm telling you, God loves you so much that he wants to meet those needs today. And let's allow him to do so as we worship together. Walking around 
promise still stands. Great is your faithfulness, faithfulness. All still in your hands. This is my Oh, 